Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey, legends. It's another episode of Last Drinks. Happy Sunday if you're listening to this as it is released. Um, and if not, happy, 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 happy whatever day it is. Uh, before we get into this week's chat, I want to just share a message I received on Instagram. You can follow the podcast shenanigans on Insta at Last Drinks Pod or me personally, Maz Compton, on Instagram. I had this gorgeous message. Hi, Maz. I am into the second week of being sober and just wanted to reach out and say listening to your podcast is really helping me. Like you, I don't identify as an alcoholic, but my relationship with it isn't healthy. It was a dependency thing where I would have one to three drinks almost every day and more on weekends. This has been happening for years and it makes me feel like shit. It's still early, so I'm not really seeing the benefits yet besides saving money, lol, but I want to stick to it. Anyway, just wanted to reach out and say thank you. And I can I reach back out and say thank you so much for sharing that with me? It is a really great point that this person raised that it in the early days of sobriety, sometimes you actually don't really see the benefits. Sometimes it's just like, oh my God, I'm just not drinking and I'm not really feeling any different. I haven't had that light bulb moment. And, you know, for some people, they instantly feel so much better. There's so much clarity. And that's a really big driver in continuing to stay sober. But for this person, I totally understand how you're like, huh, why am I doing this again? So I just wanted to offer an encouragement. The benefits will come. They really will. And it'll just be like one day you will really just wake up and go, oh my God, I feel great. Or you'll look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I look a bit different. Or it will be because somebody else says something to you like, gee, you're really a lot more patient. Or like usually you might've snapped at that and you're being really calm. And it, it, you know, sometimes I think the benefits of sobriety almost sneak up on us, much like our dependency with alcohol sneaks up on us too. So I just wanted to offer my encouragement. Two weeks in is amazing. That's such a great achievement and keep going. And yes, you do save so much money. You save a ton of cash. So if that can be a motivator to stay sober, use that as your driver for now until you sort of find some other benefits and then you sort of add them to your little benefit suitcase and carry it along with you. So I just wanted to share that. Let's get stuck into another episode. I want to also mention my book. It's available for pre-order. Last Drinks. How to Drink Less and Be Your Best by me, Maz Compton. Um, if you want to get a copy, you can pre-order it now. The links to pre-order it are on my website, mazcompton.com. This week is such a great chat. Mossy, uh, as she is 
fondly referred to, uh, Mel Moss, is actually a good buddy of mine. So Mel and I actually used to kick around at the same gym. It was the gym that I own, F45 in Avalon. Mel came in a few years ago and started working out and she just got it. You know, some people get into the zone with their fitness and she was just like a gun. She was just so into it and she started to drop a bit of weight and get really strong and toned and fit and she, you know, would tell me that her relationships with her kids had improved a bit and it was all good. But that whole time she was still drinking. Um, and so this conversation is really exciting because I haven't unpacked when exactly Mossy decided to quit drinking, but it was at some point uh, the fitness thing was working for her, but the drinking thing wasn't. And now she does the fitness thing and the not drinking thing. And she is just a weapon. So I'm really pumped for you guys to hear this story. Um, it's so nice to be a part of Mossy's story. And she has also, because she's so brilliant, she has actually um, launched a non-alcoholic drinks brand. Because people like Mossy don't just quit drinking. They quit drinking. They see a gap in the market, and then they create something amazing for other people to help them on their sobriety journey. So there's tons of stuff in here, um, and I know you're going to love it. This one really is a huge encouragement to mums. Any mums out there, if you wrestle with the mummy wine culture, you are going to love this chat. Enjoy last drinks with my good mate, Mossy. Mossy, 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 my good old pal from doing burpees and uh, functional squats at F45. Babe, I'm so, so excited about unpacking your sobriety on the podcast. So thank you for your time. But you've thank had, you for giving me the opportunity. You are one of the people that did the full life transformation thing. Totally. 100% dived in the deep end. Babe. I love this. Okay. Well, let's kick it off with, I mean, look, I haven't seen you for a little while. We did used to work out together at my gym um, and I've since moved away. So fill me in. When did you have your last drink? My last drink was the day before Mother's Day 2021. Yep. 2021. We're in 2023 now. Well, um, correct. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mother's Day 2021, I call my freedom day. And that is the day I just went, this is it. We're done. We're done with this. Okay. So had you had boozy Mother's Days before then? Like, What was significant about Mother's Day and you calling last drink specifically then? I'd, I'd had boozy everything since I was 19. So um, I'm quite different in that my parents don't drink a lot my dad drinks but it wasn't a big thing for me growing up um it was more that I got into the fashion industry at quite a young age and it was full of champagne and all of the fabulous people and I thought I'd made it if I was drinking champagne on a Tuesday night so from the time I was about 20, every occasion was punctuated by alcohol. And um, and so absolutely Mother's Day was about going out to lunch and having champagne and everything. I've got photographs of the year prior for me sitting there with a beautiful bottle of Bollinger with my kids, prawns, and in my eyes or, or society had led me to believe that that was it. I was the pinnacle of a mum, a successful, had a successful home, um, and I'd made it. And to think of what my Mother's Days look like now is just amazing. I love it. 
That's so, it's so different, isn't it? And and I say this a lot Absolutely. on the podcast is that you you don't know until you know. And so you don't know, you can look at sobriety from an exterior point of view and go, wow, that looks interesting or I'm curious mm-hmm. about that. But you don't actually know until you're sitting yeah. in your sobriety looking over your yeah. shoulder at who you used to be, how you used to celebrate, how you used to show up for your kids. And then, and, and this is not to, uh, this is not to lead anybody to feel judged, but you, no, you, absolutely you, know, yeah, not. you notice the difference within yourself, yeah, right? 100%. They say hindsight is a, is a beautiful thing. And I can't think of a better example than this. And, my biggest thing, and I talk to Ariel, my daughter, about it, is non-judgment because you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it unfortunately, sobriety is, I believe, experience-based. And that's why anyone who asks me about it, I really believe a month isn't long enough to understand. It, you can feel great after not drinking for a month, but I really believe that you need an extended amount of time to really experience what it feels like to have a completely new life and um, and then you really do know what this life feels like. Yeah, and I think I agree with you that the, I think the month, there's two ways to approach a month off booze. It's either to convince yourself that you don't have a problem, like I can do a month off booze, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And then you can just cycle back into those behaviours or you can come at it as this is the the Kickstarter or the circuit breaker that I need and let's start with the month with the anticipation and intention that it will be an ongoing journey and process of learning and unlearning and relearning and all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who look at it from a I'm missing out from month perspective. I uh, I didn't say forever. I, I think we spoke about that back when we were seeing each other a lot. I I didn't say forever in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not a believer in labels. I think you're just setting yourself up to fail. So in the beginning for me, I'd stopped drinking during the week. And then I found that I was living for Friday Mm. and that's when that hit me that it was a chain around my neck. It was, it had control of over me and being a strong female and being a mom of a teenage daughter, I wasn't setting a good example by letting something chain me. It was the same as, you know, letting a man control me, alcohol was controlling me. And Mm. so when I gave it up, I didn't say it was forever. I didn't say it was for six months. I just said, this is what we're doing. Uh, I was very lucky deep inside I knew very early on because I felt really great really early on. I hit that pink cloud very, very shortly after I gave up. Uh, I don't know whether that was my attitude or whether I was really looking at everything in its positives. I'm a very much a positive thinker. And so mm. I, I really tried to find the positives. And But it was about four months into it where I was like, this is for me, this is about as forever as it gets. And so with your, so so I know that you had sort of found your fitness religion prior to giving up drinking. So for me, when I, so I quit drinking eight years ago and then I started working out, like I'd always worked out, but I really found exercise to almost be the replacement. So for me. 100%. Right. But you're, you're already doing that. You're already very much in the fitness cult of F45, which I'm. A huge fan of and a huge part of and yeah. I, it's it's so it's sobriety so yeah how did your I guess how did your training change when you stopped drinking did it just go to a whole new level 
Yeah, it was a significant shift. I had trained uh, pretty heavily for about nine years, I would say was my really, you know, lifting weights and running and really challenging myself. But there's always that voice inside my head. I'm quite a lazy human. Um, and so there's always that voice inside my head that says, oh, you can't do that. Oh, it's okay to give up. You can do that. Oh, don't go tomorrow. Um, you know, after a big weekend, I would never show up on a Monday. Or if I did, I was always the one in class like, oh, my God, I feel crappy, you know. Um, <laughs> I was always, you know, making jokes, complaining, and very much that person that found it found it funny. And this is where it leads back to where you say you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I always found it so funny that I was training with a hangover and all all those things. Mm-hmm. And when I gave it up, it was such a significant difference because it's really funny. Everybody does comment. They're like, "Oh my god, you know, you've lost so much weight, or you've done this, or you've gotten really strong." And I, I struggle with that for so many other reasons, more so than just the alcohol, because it's just putting so much importance on how somebody looks and True. a number on a scale. Yeah. But um, my training just changed because that voice goes, yeah. you're not tired. You've got so much energy. Uh, and when we talk about things like, you know, what I would say to, to help people in this journey, you have so much energy you've got to channel it into something and some people channel it into sugar and into their food and that's absolutely fine. It's so You've got to do what you've got to do, I believe. But for me, I channeled it into moving my body and finding the joy of what my body can do for me and almost as a um, asking my body to be sorry, to, to forgive me for what I'd done to it wow. for so many years. Yeah, because it's, you know, as mums, I've, I've given birth three times. My body is incredible and I was punishing it. Yeah. Every single day, like not only did you birth my magnificent children, but here I'm gonna I'm gonna poison you. Like yeah. it just I I still am trying to show my body how much I respect it, and that's what my training is for me. That's really beautiful, Mel, and that's a really great driver for some people. I think to acknowledge yeah. that that is a that is a savvy and sound enough reason to not drink is yeah. to honor your body. And I read this article the other day and it was like somebody in their 30s interviewed a whole bunch of people in their 90s about like, what would you say to your 30-year-old self? Like, you know, and I love reading that stuff, right? And and a lot of the advice from the 90-year-olds was like, treat your body like you're going to live in it for the next 70 years. And I'm like, yeah, I intend to live forever. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I live every day now, like I have to live forever. And so... This is, I, I try and take three days out of every one and, and I would 100%, I live and breathe. I don't want to be that 80 year old saying, I wish I'd taken better care of my mm. body. Yeah. I want to still be running when I'm 80. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think that will really speak to someone who everyone's got to find their way in sobriety. And it's a, it's a yeah. gamut of things that work for people, different things work for different people. Absolutely. But I do find a common denominator is the, the move your body exercise thing. And in yeah. I feel as well in sobriety, it's not so much about like working out to lose weight. No. It's about like, oh, no. it's the flip of like, I'm working out to keep up with my kids or I like, it's a, it's working towards something affirming as opposed to running away from something negative. That I feel is Absolutely. A, a natural mental switch that happens in sobriety that you can only, again, articulate when you've had it and you go, oh, yeah, I actually, yeah. I'm doing the same behaviour. Like for me, I, yeah. I was like, I'm working out. I've always worked out. But when I yeah. stopped drinking, Absolutely. I, I worked it's so out different, isn't with it? a different drive and a different, yeah. you know, a different vibe. And then I think, of course. The reward for 
me. I look forward. I wake up every morning. I'm like, I get to lift heavy things and I get to, it's, um, it's not a punishment. It's like, it's a privilege. I'm so lucky. And I get to show my daughter what a healthy body looks like. And you look forward to it. And the other thing is it's, it's those happy endorphins, right? So mm-hmm. it's about replacing one thing that you used to enjoy with something now you really enjoy. You get those same feelings. Yeah. You get the dopamine drops and the serotonin. You get those from exercise. Absolutely. And I think one thing that alcohol, it's really sneaky, right? I didn't get that. Did you try again? Siri. Okay. I've lost you. Hello? You there? Yeah. Siri interrupted us. Oh, Siri. Stand down, Siri. Okay. I found this on the web for interrupted us. (laughs) Okay, let's not say her name again. What is she doing? Interesting question. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's Siri. What is Siri, what are you doing? Okay, try that. It's fine. I'm so she sorry. Just, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I was going to say, it's interesting you talk about, you know, serotonin and dopamine, these hormones or chemicals that are released in our brains. Those things, I think alcohol does mess with the brain chemistry, right? Alcohol gives you this serotonin hit, which is like the chill, um, Mm -hmm. relax, like end of a long day, have a glass of wine, chill, you know, that, that, those vibes. And, but then what it does is then it accesses your dopamine and that's when you start dancing on tables and then you have this huge drop off and then you want to chase that serotonin again. And then that kicks in this. And so this is that blame shame cycle that happens and it's very yeah. hormonally driven. But those hormones are all meant to naturally occur in our body without any substances or stimulation from outer things. Like they they naturally release if we're treating our bodies right, if we're like in tune with our circadian rhythm, if we're not eating really um, big foods that um, lead to inflammation. Yeah. Like it, it's this whole thing. Like it's alcohol just has all these knock-on negatives, even though it's sold as such a solution, it really does become problematic, right? Yeah, you you really do feel like uh, you came out of the matrix. And the the sort of the catalyst for me, a friend said to me, I caught up with her at Woolies and it's kind of full circle because we were talking last night about this. She actually said to me, uh, we're talking about alcohol and I was saying, I was just, I just feel so rotten all the time. And she said, read this naked mind. You'll never drink again. And I was like, whatever, as if. So I, but I actually did. I was at that point for the first time where I was like, I need something. And once I learned the science behind yeah. what was actually going on in my body, and I think it's so important to research and understand that what you're actually putting in isn't what society leads you to believe. It's all marketing. And I'm, I'm an ex-publicist. Like I know how to sell stuff. And this is exactly big business and alcohol. They're not selling the truth. They're not selling the science. And so people, people aren't actually aware of even, you know, moderating and giving up because they don't know what it's actually doing to their bodies. And once you know that your wine actually will also run your car, it's pretty hard to put it in your body. Yeah, I fully agree. And like the the new, like the latest, which is not actually latest, it's just like all of a sudden become apparent on a public level. The alcohol it is just, a, yeah. it's a carcinogen. Public health. Right? Like yeah. so the, the WHO, the World Health Organization said that in like the 90s. Um, but somehow yeah. we've just missed the memo. But now there is 
Um, there's more communication on, yeah, alcohol is an A1 carcinogen. An A1 carcinogen means it's cancer causing. So, yeah. So that, like, let me summarize that alcohol causes cancer or it leads yeah. you to an increased risk of. Now, if so, I have this little theory now, Mel, where, uh, oh, sorry, Mossy, um, where I say, like, let's say you and I went out um, and we caught up for a drink and we had a, a glass in front of, us. And I said to you, I'm like, hey, you can have a drink, but it's scientifically proven that what is yep. in that glass will increase your risk of at least 11 types of cancer. Would you drink it? Yeah. yeah. Probably not. No, absolutely not. So I do this in my brain all the time. Yeah. I, I imagine my brain as locking itself in a panic room. So I have this vision of my poor little tiny brain if I was to put, if I was to drink alcohol, it would just go by and it would go lock itself in a panic room to try and protect itself. Oh my God. From the, I love that. What I'm putting in because it's like yeah. when you think about it, I don't want that in my beautiful brain. I don't want it touching it. And it's the same thing with putting yeah. it in your body as a cancer risk. You, you do everything you can. I know. And we preach that eat well and eat your greens and exercise and drink water. And yet we go oh, and, and we'll give up sugar or we'll give up meat. We'll go vegan or we'll walk instead of drive. Yeah. But we won't do the one thing that yeah. is literally probably, I believe, causing more harm than any of those combined. I agree. That's, and a, that's a bold statement. But. No, no, I agree. And there's and there's no there's nothing wrong with doing any of those things either. There's not, It's a good thing. If no. you want to, you know, if you want to walk instead of drive, good for you. Take the stairs. Don't take the lift. Yeah, yeah go girl. You know, if you want to be a vegan yeah. for ethical, like all good things, they're all, none of those are negatives. Yeah. But, and I used to say this to, to girls at the gym all the time who would come to me and they would be so frustrated because they're like, oh, Maz, I'm working my vagina off in this class and I can't yeah. even, I can't shed these last few kilos. And I'd be like, yes. well, stop drinking for eight weeks. And then, what have you done? They're like, I've done everything. I've cut sugar. I walk. I, would, I do this. And you're like, they you drink wine? They would look at me and be like, well, that's insane. Like, what are you? And and it was just such an interesting, confronting conversation for some people to go. And, you know, this is not good for business if you're in the fitness biz, but like almost saying instead of coming to the gym three times a week and slogging your guts out, yeah. stop drinking and come back in eight yeah. weeks and then let's have a conversation because then you've leveled out. You've got all the toxins yeah. out of your system. Your liver functions are restored. Your brain chemistry is chilled. Your hormones have lowered out and then come to the gym. And yeah. I reckon you might have a shot. But and but again, you can't, you can lead a horse to water and people, a lot of people still aren't ready to give up and that's okay. That's why I'm having these conversations is to Hopefully yeah. it connects with someone who's woken up with that yeah. that final hangover and they've just gone, screw it, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. What is this sobriety business all about? It seems yeah. to w have worked for Mossy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can only come from a place of love and education. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what sort of I'm finding with Sarah and Kirsten, my business partners, you, you can't enforce your views on people. You have to mm. give people choice. You have to give people alternatives. And I I can't sort of try and ram my feelings down people's throats because either they're not there yet or they might never be there. But even if it's about them thinking twice or choosing another option or, you know, not drinking when they're cooking at night or organising Mother's Day around alcohol, just going, hang on a minute, 
why am I doing this? What are the reasons behind it? Because it's not it's not the substance, it's the feeling behind it. It's what you want out of it. So for me, like drinking at home while I'm cooking, thinking, oh my God, I've had a long day. My kids are driving me insane. I need a glass of wine. Like it was just such a wrong way to think about things. It's not celebratory anymore. It's about trying to escape your life. And there's that beautiful saying, create a life that you don't have to escape from. And that's Mm. how I feel every day. I I don't Mm. want, I just want to be with my kids all the time. I want to be with my family and my friends connected. I'm not trying to escape them because I'm not tired, not hungover. I don't feel bloated and sick and all those things. And you probably haven't made any dumb choices. I haven't made any dumb choices (laughs) in eight years. It's quite remarkable. Like my stupidity dramatically decreased as soon as I stopped drinking. You just get smarter. It's magic. <laughs> and how good is driving home after you've been out? That's the best. See, I still do all those things. I think um, everyone thinks I'm a little bit strange and, and I think I'm a good kind of poster child for sobriety because I didn't stop going out. I went to a trance club two months ago and danced till 4 a.m. Like I, I still have this yes. epic life, you know, yeah. like I still, but I'm the one that drives everyone home. I'm mm. the best friend ever. You it's, really are. You still have a good time. Like yeah. you're not going to be drinking a cup of tea on the lounge at six o'clock every night. Yes, the majority of the time you're glad to be home. Mm. But life isn't boring. Life isn't dull without alcohol. It's the exact opposite. It's great. I think it's what just, it is too, it's, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's learning who you are without it, right? So I think for me, I, you know, self-medicated for so long, I had no idea who I was by 2014. I was like, yes. I don't even know who I am. But in sobriety, you learn about who you are and what actually lights you up and what's important. And if, you know, if going out to clubs and dancing till four in the morning is something that you love, you can do it sober and be so present and so in the moment. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like once every few months activity, you know. Because you're not doing it as an excuse to drink. You're doing it because you genuinely enjoy that connection and dancing. So you're exactly right. You realise what you love. I used to think I was a hardcore extrovert. I'm not at all. <laughs> I was just about to say that. So I discovered that I'm an introvert. And so all, yes. all the social anxiety I used to feel about, I had to go out because I have a big personality and I used to get invited yes. out a lot because I was super fun to be around. When I realized yeah. I didn't have to do those things anymore and I could just sit on my couch at six o'clock with a cup of tea, which I love yeah. doing, I, the relief, I like, oh my God, the relief. I was like, this is the best. Like, I don't, I can just say no. And that's good. Enough. How good is JOMO? So do you get JOMO? Joy of saying no? Yes, I do. I have, I have that, I have that in like on a scale of epic proportions. But then if yeah, I do, yeah, if I do go out or, you know, if I want to, if I'm at a friend's wedding or something, I'm so there and I'm so there because I want to so be there and I'm so present yeah. and it's just that oh, it's so beautiful. Beautiful, you know, isn't it? It's really beautiful. And those, those deep connections you, and, and these are just such huge positives to people who are listening to you. It's that your connections with your with the people that you really want to be with, yeah. that you really connect on a super deep level with your relationships improve and all of the people that you had to be the sun for and the energy for, mm. you realise that you don't have to do that anymore. And if they need you for that, then they're not really the people that you need to have in your life anyway. And they need to find out why they were using you 
as their energy source because you don't need to be that anymore. You you shouldn't just look after yourself mm. and then everything stems from that. Your, your kids are better because you're there for them. Your best friends are better. Your work is better. Everything is improved. How have your kids responded? Have you had conversations with them about this? Yeah, very. My kids were very much a part of the, the process. My two older children, so I've got seven uh, first turning 13 and 15, and they are very woke humans, particularly my two older, and <laughs> they were very engaged in this conversation. Like poor Ariel, our 15-year-old, we, we were big entertainers and we would always have these massive parties that would end mm. at 4 a.m., and who do you think was the one putting the boys to bed at night when mummy was busy entertaining and making sure everyone was having a great time and the best cocktails they'd had in their life? And and so when I started this, it it wasn't that they asked me to, it was that I wanted them to be part of this journey. Mm-hmm. So we used to sit down at night and while we were having dinner, we would talk about my feelings, what I was going through, how I was feeling. Had they noticed any changes? Oh, wow. What were, what was it like for them seeing me on this journey? So they were a massive part of it. And I truly believe that children, they see everything, they hear everything, and they have very strong opinions on alcohol. My, my children, um, my two older children are quite against it. Um, and it doesn't stem from their experience with me. They're just really intelligent and society is changing they are being educated as to what alcohol really is and so my kids are a bit like the the cancer sort of experience they're like we don't understand why you would put that in your body right why do you do it And, and so they really they really helped me and that's such a weird thing to say that being the parent my kids actually really helped me and they were like, mom, this is obvious. You, you know, it's petrol you're putting in your body. I'm like, nope, they didn't teach us that at school, (laughs) but they teach it to them now. Awesome. It's so good. And I, that gives me so much hope because yes, it is a, it's terrifying because it's because I know so many people that are so addicted or, you know, they, they, it's like, a part of their high functioning lifestyle is alcohol. And I know so many women with this story where they're like, Oh my God, I was drinking every day and I didn't know how to stop because no one ever told me that it was goddamn poison. Everyone it's, there was no, it wasn't that they told us something else either. It just wasn't discussed, you know? And so it wasn't discussed. Yeah. And we look at, cigarettes you know like the education around what it does to your body I I never even considered it when I was growing up I used to throw my mum's cigarettes away and we had no concept and I feel I feel quite stupid to be honest the fact that my kids my my then 11 year old had to say to me mum it's petrol and I used to think no I'm drinking verve it's fine it's different it's not like I'm drinking you know metho and he's like dude it's it's a it's the same thing I, I feel unbelievably ridiculous thinking that I, I bought into it so hard. I really did. And and that's why I always say to people, like, I was absolutely one of you. I thought mummy wine culture was hysterical. My hand up and say, yep, I totally fell for it. And it's it's not just you it's me too and you there is a way out for sure the the wine mummy culture does oh. it actually and this is 
So this is how I feel about that, Mel, because it's really, it's confronting and it's everywhere. And it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's not funny. I I don't want to be the person saying that something's not funny anymore because I love humor. Like I've made a career out of it and I love a laugh. I love a lol. I love a ruffle copter, all the things. Yeah. yeah. I'll do anything to make someone laugh. Right. But then, but now because I know the truth, yeah. I see, yeah. like, I called Jillian Michaels out on Instagram the other day. The yes. Jillian who I love. I yes. fucking love her. I watched Biggest I've Loser. Seen it but, like, them. her Instagram feed is so irresponsible. And I'm happy to say this on the record. This is not a personal attack. Yeah. I'm just telling you what, this is how I feel. When I see someone who promotes health and wellness, and I love everything that she does, and I had her pregnancy book yeah. when I was pregnant, and I... I'm a huge fan of hers. And then she posted this thing and it was something about how like, um, you know, opening a bottle of wine is like lifting a weight. So I guess I've, you know, lift, I've done my exercise for the day or whatever. Yes. And then all these yeah. chicks are tagging their friends and lol. And I'm just yeah. like, no, I'm sorry. If, if you could please just take responsibility for one moment with what you are communicating and just let women know yes. that if they do open a bottle of wine and have a glass of wine out of it, they're increasing their risk of breast cancer. Would you pe- please be so kind as to actually communicate the truth of what you're trying to yeah. cover up as a lull just for a bit of attention? Like It, it just... It's got to stop. It drives me insane. And I don't know how we're going to shut it all down because I just saw so many people thinking that it was so funny. And, and, but it's innocent. It's not, it's not harming anyone. It's like, but talk to the woman with breast cancer then. Go and talk to the person in chemo. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really fine line. And, and I've thought very deeply about it because I, I, it's really important to me that I always come from a place of being approachable and a, and a place of love. So particular mm. to particularly now my work now with VA, we are, a, it's about health and wellness. And for me, it's about that positive message. So trying to be a beacon that somebody can come to me and feel that they're not going to be judged yeah. and I can talk to them about it uh, because it really, it really does my head in. It's really a harmful thing to be perpetuating these stereotypes. Mums need support yes. and they need help. They don't need wine. No, they don't need alcohol. I and agree. It's, it's not funny. It's just not, it's not funny. And there are ways to crack a joke. Um, and so for me, I really try to, Stay away from it Mm. and really try and overly perpetuate this fun lifestyle and that I can have a laugh at everything. Um, I can laugh at myself. I don't need to make jokes about alcohol and mums because they're just not funny. And that's sort of the way I approach it, that if I'm going to inspire people, then I need to sort of make myself be kind of rise above that sort of silliness. It's such a fine line. Yeah, it is. And I think... And I, I struggle with that too, Mossy, because I, you know, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to be vocal. Like I, you know, I, I feel like I'm such a big voice for sobriety and and it's this fine line between like, okay, I don't want to shut you down and I don't want to like spruik negativity, but I also need to help you understand that that is dangerous messaging and and you have a position of influence 
where people platform. people buy it from you, people believe you, yeah. people you're very likable and influential, and with that comes a sense of responsibility. And I think we need to educate those people. Um, no, I did. Just, you get any? I didn't get a response from like their people, but I had lots of comments from from people reaching out to me, going, "Hey, good oh. on you," which was really encouraging. Oh, that's and I, cool. I didn't do it in a nasty way. I just was like, "Hey." No. Just wanted to let you know that alcohol causes yeah. cancer and increases a cancer risk in women. Perhaps you could um, spruik sobriety to empower women yeah. to not put a substance in their body. How great would that, that be? Like how good if the oh. tables would and she'd actually do that? It would actually be so good. So I saw one recently as well on Facebook. There was a mum, uh, the joke was, it doesn't, it takes a vineyard to raise a child. Oops, no, a village. And everyone was like, ha, 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 so funny. And then one woman did, she did, she came out, she was like, this is not a joke. This is not funny. You know, this is, and the the hate that she got back yeah. just from offering yeah. an alternative. Because people don't it was want to awful. So I sort of, okay. yeah, I came in in support and I said, you know, you might be, not be at that place yet, but you know, there are other options out there and mums need support and mums need help yeah, and you don't need you. a, you're better than that. You're a better mum. Yeah. Like fair enough. If you feel you, you want to drink because you want to celebrate or you're out with your friends, like that's different. Don't think you need it to parent because you don't you, yeah. and your children don't need to see you. Like it's just all these things you think about when you have that clarity. Like I think of my my children thinking mummy needs a drink so she can look after me. Like that just. I know. It just kills me that they thought that. It really does. And it's, yeah, it's a really tough one, babe, because, like, we're in the parenting Mm. trenches and I think, you know, doing it sober means so many things and and it does mean taking responsibility for how fucking hard it is and not not creating an excuse to unwind uh, in a way that's going to impact. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's coming back to that point that I said that, you know, alcohol gives you all of this promise and it's all utter crap. No. And what actually it happens. It doesn't make it easier. It makes it harder. It makes it, it, harder. Makes it so much harder to parent. I would say to anyone listening, the number one thing, it makes parenting so much easier. You have five times the energy that you used to have. You're not distracted. Like whenever we used to go out on a family activity, I think, aren't I a great mom? We're having a, a fun day out. In the in my mind, and I like to say in the back of my mind, but it wasn't the back of my mind. In the front of my mind was, when can we finish this so we can go and have a drink? Or I would organize activities at the pubs that had a great kids play area. It, everything was punctuated by alcohol and you lose that. Mm. You just don't have that distraction anymore. When you go to the beach, you go there all day. And if your kids mm. want to look at the rock pools, you go and marvel at the beauty of the rock yeah. pools because you're not thinking, oh, I'd kill for a bubbles right now. Mm. It just makes it so much easier, more easier than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, and I think um, it's harder before it's easier. So for anyone yeah. who's like can't even fathom a day without alcohol, which was me 2014, that was me, absolutely could yeah. not imagine getting through a no. day, a week, an afternoon yeah, without a bottle of wine, but no. it gets harder in the sense that you have to sit with all the stuff then. So, so all the yeah. stuff that you can't deal with, all the stuff that's too hard, too heavy to lift, too like can't deal, all the trauma, all of the crap, all of it has to come up 
and you have to sit with it. I still have those days. You've got to sit in the shit and I have, I have those days for it's sure. Gross. You've got to address. Yeah. It's gross. It, it's painful. You, you get through it. Yeah, you've got to address what you did you do. in the first place. Because there's a reason for the behaviour, right? Like there's a reason yeah. that whoever's drinking however much, there's something that's out of balance with them that they're not dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I come from a place of empathy where I'm like, your sobriety mm-hmm. will be your best life choice, but it is not going to be easy because you no. have you have depths and layers and complexities that you have yeah. to like put on your big girl pants and face up to, sweetheart. Yeah. But if yeah. you can do it with support, with like-minded individuals who are a little further down the road and understand it is within the realm of everyone's possibility, it is the best choice. It's just the best, Mossy. It's so good. It really is. You've got to surround yourself with like-minded people and you've got to to put yourself first for a little while. So I... um, I had an alcohol delivery business, funnily enough, and I, I sold, you know. So but the thing was, when I really think about it, the business came from me wanting to be around alcohol. So I had to address that. And once I addressed that and realized that that just didn't align with who I was yes. anymore, yeah, I had to close the business. I didn't want to be part of the supply chain anymore. So mm. you've got to really make those decisions and put yourself first. So I took nine months off and I didn't do anything bar work on myself. Yeah. So I, I, you know, just did all those things and I connected with Sarah and Kirsten who were sort of on their own journeys and we're all at different places, but you've got to surround yourself with people. You've got to find a community, particularly women. You've got to find a, a community that you can talk to and you can be honest with and support each other mm. because otherwise you're on your own and it's a I think it's different for men you know they they're on their own and they find it probably harder perhaps I'm not sure but maybe harder than we do because if we can tap into our community yeah. it's so much easier when you're not alone yeah a hundred percent and so with the girls that um that you sort of you put your heads together and this is what I love to you're such an entrepreneur you so you've come <laughs> from the alcohol delivery business into the non-alcoholic market <laughs> And just in your spare time, you've just created a whole bunch of drinks that people can have as a non-alcoholic alternative. It's bloody brilliant. It's it's so funny how it started because I, I stopped the business, like literally shut it. I was like, I'm delivering alcohol to people on water with children. This does not sit well with me. And yeah. I can't sell something I'm not passionate about also. Yeah. So the business wasn't going to be successful. And during that time, Sarah, who is one of my best friends and my biggest confidence, you know, when you can be truly truthful to someone, yeah. she and her best friend, Kirsten, had been really concerned about the amount of drinking that was going on in our area with the mums that we knew during lockdown. Yeah, And I was a big drinker in lockdown number one. And lockdown number two was when I stopped drinking. And so they, we could walk, everyone could go on their walks in partners. So they had walked and they were talking about, you know, what was going on. And they came up with this idea of, you know, let's create an alternative. Let's offer a functional beverage that gives people all these health benefits that adaptogens have rather than tapping into having to drink alcohol because it's, as we said before, it's not about the substance. It's not about the alcohol. You want to connect. You want to feel joy. I
they gave me, I tasted and helped with flavoring and they branded it. And then 18 months later, you know, we've launched this product that it just empowers women to make another choice. Like that for me is my biggest thing. We're talking about positive messaging. It's not about, I don't think you should drink anymore. It's here's an alternative that I I think is so much better for you. It's going to make you so much happier. Please, please try this. Like don't, Mm. don't do what you've always done. Yeah. Let's try something different because what you're doing isn't working for you, I promise. <laughs> yeah, and like what you've put in in your bottles, you know, actual bottles, but you know, in your canisters, in your vessels, is it's in my vessel, in your in vessel, our cans that we bought the bottles. Um, <laughs> is you've put good stuff in there and you haven't put poison. And I and that's just yeah. a better alternative for anyone, right? Like it, yeah. whether you yeah. whether you want to do sobriety because you want to never drink alcohol again or whether you want to do sobriety for another reason, you know, some people, for some people, it's not about the alcohol. It's just about, I can't have another hangover. I can't miss another school. I can't miss my kids play again because I was, you know what I mean? Like these big has a reason. Everyone's got a reason, whatever that is, what you guys have created is a really excellent alternative. And I really, I just love that you're the girl that quits drinking and then comes up with a solution for other people. And I just love that about you. It's obviously in your bones. Yeah. It really helps for some people. Some people are really triggered, but for me, when I first gave up, I leaned really heavily into non-alcs for me being a habitual drinker. I was a two drink a day, actually hated the feeling of being drunk, hated even being tipsy because I knew it made me do things. It made me talk too much. It made me loud. It made me do stupid things. I didn't want to be that girl all the time. So Mm. I was a habitual drinker. So I would do everything I could not to get drunk, but it was two drinks every single day. So I leaned right in. Mm. And for me, Popping a, a via cork when when our bottles do come out um, and pouring a glass, it gives me those beautiful feelings. So actually, it 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 takes away any craving. I leaned right in, and so if you're starting your journey and you are a habitual drinker and it doesn't trigger you, yeah, really lean on those because in 15 minutes that craving for alcohol is gone, That's and it. you've had this beautiful moment. And the difference, I guess, with our drinks that that kind of helps is that. Not only are ours non-alcs where you have that habit, but they do have all of these beautiful feelings. Our adaptogens give you, you know, calmness and energy and all these things that you find in green tea. And it's, you know, it does something that gives you joy and a benefit to your health. And the feeling behind that, knowing that we're contributing to society is pretty amazing sister it's, it's it's so amazing i'm so incredibly proud of you like i it's i just i the tr- your transformation blows my mind it really does because i met you it's got to be ye- how many years ago now that you walked into f45 and started training your guts out five five, five, five and a half years ago years right so yeah. i was probably yeah. like two years or three years into my sobriety journey and and i think i didn't yeah, I didn't really throw it in people's faces, but if people wanted to talk about it, I would talk about it with them, you know. And yeah. and you you are a hard worker. Like you have a really strong work ethic. And I just love that the gym worked for you and then you worked yourself out. And that yeah. is just the best testimonial of not yeah. just not just what like the gym offered you. It's how you've you've taken control of your life. And you can claim responsibility for
for being so in control, so empowered and so inspiring. And it's just, it really, I just am, I can't explain how proud I am. It's just the best. Oh, thank you. It's that leading by example, isn't it? And not trying to ram ram your beliefs down people's faces for me it's about if I can lead by example uh, people are fascinated by it I still find it funny how 18 months down the track people want to ask me about it all the time and I always say to them your your fascination with my alcohol is not what you should be focusing on you should actually be focusing on how much better my life is mm. what I get out of life yeah don't worry about the the the, the champagne like think about the benefits to my health and what I get out of life. I get time. I get deeper connections, deeper relationships. I can work so much harder, Mm. come up with ideas. It's all these things. So if people would just focus on that, but I find they focus so much on the alcohol because they're just not, they can't imagine what it's like Mm. to have it not in their lives. It has that strong a hold on them. Yeah. And look, I was there. I've said it a thousand times. I was 100%. I was so there. Like I, I just, couldn't wrap my brain around it so then I did the crazy thing and I was like I'll just see how that goes and then that was that like I was so done so far I think similarly to you like very early on in my sobriety I was like wow well I'm done that's great news (laughs) you know and then you're such a positive thinker as well if you if you really focus on looking at the bright side of things Mm. I kept a journal probably for the first three maybe longer months yeah and every time I would have weird feelings or I would watch a sunset I was at Clareville one day and I looked around it was about four o'clock on a Sunday and every single adult there had an alcoholic beverage and I looked around and I was just so focused on the sunset and I was so focused on my kids I was so present in the moment and I just went home and journaled that straight away and it's Mm. things like that that I wanted to be able to tap into if I was having a low day. I wanted to remember that moment. So journaling, I think, is so important. And so coming at it from a positive perspective, I, I think you probably did the same thing. You I found did. that yeah. you thought of all the benefits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like I, it's just, yeah. it's one of those things where it is a bit matrixy because like all of a sudden Whoa. you just go, oh, oh my God, like. The sky is so beautiful. Like you feel like you're tripping. You, do you know what I mean? Like, not I've never done. I felt like drugs, but I just was People like, I'm, crazy. I'm like, oh my god, the trees are so green. Or like, I know I can smell the salt in the ocean. Like I seriously thought I was tripping balls, but it's not. That's actually the cla- well, it's the clarity that we're supposed to have. Like the heightened senses aren't actually heightened. They're normal senses. We've just been living with them dull for so long. So dull. Right? So dull. There's um there's that movie interview with the vampire. I know this is crazy and oh. I've said this to people and they're like, babes, you're a lunatic. That's a but you know when they wake up? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You know when Brad Pitt wakes up and he sure. wakes up as a vampire for sure. the first time and all the statues come to life oh, and the, yeah. he can hear the bats and he can hear everything. I'm always like, that's what it's like. Right. That's what being sober is like. They're like, and you're insane. Yeah. That's a very um, <laughs> niche reference. <laughs> Whatever works, babe. Whatever, Whatever works. works for you. Whatever works. Oh, it's so good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your journey and for just being such an advocate. I just 
I love it so much. And I think, you know, the more people that hear your story, Mossy, you know, the, I, the sooner we're going to shift that yeah. mum cult, that mum wine culture, I think that's the real, that's the next big ticket item for me is to just really start to just take that on and go, hey, ladies, let's yeah. shift the narrative here. Just empower women to shift their narrative and don't even, not even thinking, you know, maybe they're not at that point yet that they have to give up alcohol, but stop finding it funny. Start thinking about it in a different way and start asking yourself those questions because that's going to lead you to a better path. If you stop being on the bandwagon of this is a big joke and it's funny and there's nothing wrong with it, if you don't think there's anything wrong with it, you're never going to stop. Whereas if you step back and say, actually, is it really funny that I'm sitting beside my child's bath with a glass of wine? Mm. No, that's not funny. And actually that's quite dangerous. Mm. You've got to shift the narrative because it's just, it's not funny. And mums need help and support and alternatives. They do not need alcohol to parent. No way. Well said. Thanks, babes. Thank you for letting me use my voice because if it does inspire someone, I it, that makes me very happy. So I'm really grateful. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.